And the word of the Lord reads, and he entered the synagogue again. Say again. again. And a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Step forward. Come here. Verse 4. Then he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? But they kept silent. They wouldn't say anything. Verse 5. And when he had looked around at them and got mad, why was he mad? He was grieved by the hardness of their hearts. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored as whole. As the other. That's enough for the day. I just want to talk about simply stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. God, I thank you for the anointing that's in the room that makes preaching real easy. I thank you for your power, God. I pray now, God, that because of your word, that people who are uh, hurt uh, can be healed. People who are sick can be healed. Who People who are bound can be set free. God, have your way in this place. Be God all by yourself. And we give you glory, honor, and praise. Let the words of my mouth the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, my show enough strength and my redeemer. And look at your neighbor as you're taking your seat and say, stretch out your hands. The hand of man is one of those physical um, things. Um, they are physical features that distinguishes man from any other creature. Now, those of you who have studied the wild kingdom will quickly remind me that the monkey or the ape um, has hands that are similar to Man, even though other animals may not, but that species of animal has something that is similar. But if you look at the hand of the ape um, and then compare it to the hand of a man, there are some glaring differences. Um, it, the hand of the ape is not as refined, not as mechanically correct, or anatomically structured as a man's hand. So our hands distinguish us from any other creature in the animal kingdom. Our hands represent the capacity to work. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what type of job that you have, you use your hands. Yeah, 
you do. Maybe you are an executive um, and you call the shots. You, the, 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 uh, yeah, you the one. Yeah. But even though you may not lift a finger to do manual labor, you just touch your iPad or your Blackberry, you're still using your hands. Um, even if you have a host of assistants and secretaries and you are able to dictate your thoughts and have someone else put them on paper, but in order to get that secretary's attention, you have to use your hand. Maybe you work in a factory. Maybe you work uh, in some other um, uh, place of employment that requires you to put things together or to handle things. But whatever you're handling, you're handling with your hands. I work in the school system, and they won't let me use my hands as much as I really want to. I have to have some other alternatives, but sometimes I have a desire to use my hands in my line of work. My, my hands only pretty much can be used as blessing, but I need my hands to be used as correction every now and then. I, I know you don't want to say it, but yeah, your child need a whipping. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't, I know, I lost about five of y'all right there, but uh, yeah, somebody needs to put hands to some of our kids because we think little Johnny is the sweetest thing in the world and little Johnny raising hell all over the school. And if some of y'all would put some hands to him, that would make my job a little bit easier. If you did it, I wouldn't want to. Oh, y'all, okay. That ain't in my message, but uh, we are talking about uh, hands. Yeah. Hands represent the capacity to work. Hands also stand as a symbol of fellowship. I extend my hands to you as a friend. Uh, the Bible says that he who desires friends must first show himself friendly. And, and one of the uh, gestures that we do to show friendship is the extension of our hands. CC is in the military. Uh, a sign of respect for a person of rank has to be done with the hands. It has to be a salute, but the hand has to be a certain way. It has to be turned a certain way in order to be proper in the salute, but it's the use of the hand. Fellowship. Yeah, yeah, your men who are real men, when they grab your hand, they put a firm grip in your hand. I don't want nobody grabbing my hand all soft and flimsy like I, I y'all pray for me. Maybe I got issues. I need work in my life. That's why I'm here. That's why I come to church, because I need some work done on my life. But I want a man to grab my hand with some power. I want him to know that I'm a man. How you doing, sir? I mean, where your whole, all this tense up. I need to see this tighten up when you grab my hand. Don't come. Uh, you come to me like that. What's up, dog? All right. Yeah, but I need somebody. Oh, y'all, y'all. And I got any real men in here? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Conqueror Society, man up. Uh-huh. Yeah, I need real, I need real. But it's a sign of fellowship. Uh, the hand is represents the capacity to work. The hand 
represents fellowship. The hand is also a symbol of generosity. For I give with my hands. I, uh, uh, but it can also be a sign of restraint because I can close my fist and it also tells you that I'm not a giver. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unless I'm getting ready to give you my closed fist. And that's not a true sign of fellowship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so hands can be used in generosity. Hands can be used in fellowship. Hands represents our capacity to work. Uh, um, blessings come from the hand. Correction comes from the hand. Nourishment is received from it. Communication is made by it. Direction is given from it. Protection is provided by it. My hands are lifted in praise like yours were just a moment ago. My hands can be outstretched in welcome. My hands can be waved for attention. My hands can be joined in solidarity. My hands can be rubbed for warmth. My hands can be clapped in appreciation. As a matter of fact, let's see. Test your hands. Clap them. Yeah. See how they work? Wave them. I see everybody out there. I got everybody's attention. You did it all with your hand. Tell me to come here. You called me forth with your hands. You see how important your hands are? Many of you are taking notes. You're using your hands, whether you're writing with them or whether you're scrolling on your iPad, iPod, Blackberry, or uh, HTC, whatever you're using. You're using your hands. Uh, your hands are very important. This man that we're talking about in our text has hands, but the problem is his hand is with her. He's walking with withered hands. Well, I read the text real carefully, Byron, and I'm trying to figure out what it was that withered this man's hand. The Bible doesn't really explicitly tell me but there is a part in between the text that tells me how or why this hand, this man's hand may have been withered. Could it be, Pastor Davis, that this man's hand was withered from birth? Could it have been somebody else's fault? Birth defects are not the child's fault. It is the person that carried the child. There may have been some abnormality. It may have been some issue that the person who carried the child may have had or gene or something in their DNA that may have caused the birth defect. And whatever that issue or that reason was, the child comes out with the hand, and his hand is withered. It's not my fault. Somebody else did this to me. What life circumstance in your life 
has caused you to wither up. You've drawn up. You had a pleasant personality and you're sour now. You're drawn up. Used to be sweet, thank you so much, but now you're bitter. Drawn up. Come to you, could hug you. Get the best hug in the world. Now we come to you, we can't touch you. Drawn up. Who calls your hand to wither? Unhealed hurts can wither our capacity to serve or to fellowship or to give. Now, you got to understand, it's unhealed hurts, which tells you now, I could get healing if I really wanted it. But sometimes I want to stay hurt because it gets me more attention than to be healed because if I get healed, once the healing begins, everybody forgets about me because I'm no longer the center of attention. But as long as I can stay hurt and act hurt and feel hurt, and I, I, I can get everybody's attention. I can get everybody saying, what's wrong with you? Or are you all right? Are we praying for you? Or is there anything I can do? And calling me two and three times a week and, and all that. Yeah, because I want the attention. I'm willing to stay hurt. So we allow, 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 allow. We allow unhealed hurts to cause us to wither because it's easy now to blame mama for my problem but maybe mama or dad couldn't do anything about it. see I can't change my genes I can't change my genetics if I if high blood pressure ran in my family and if that gene ran through me and affected one of my children. I don't want my child to have high blood pressure. I don't want my child to be hurt. And so I try everything that I can so that won't happen. But sometimes it happens and we, instead of forgiving, we remain hurt. And we draw. This man's hand could have been withered. It may not have been from a birth defect. This man's hand could have been withered because of poor circulation. Poor circulation. And, 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 and what I found now is poor circulation is the inability of the blood to flow through all of the veins and capillaries necessary to nourish the skin, the, the bones, the joints, and all of those things that would cause the hand to function. And because the circulation is poor, my hand now draws up. It atrophies. And now I'm unable to use it because of poor circulation. Sometimes people who have poor circulation have to wear a special type of hose or stocking. And it it, it makes it so that the veins open or the, the muscles are constricted in such a way where the blood blood can flow, flow freely through that particular area. Um, um, but sometimes it's because 
I will not allow the blood of Christ in the area that it needs to flow. I developed another definition for sin, Pastor Davis. Sin is the voluntary spiritual restriction of blood. The blood of Christ. It means I choose to keep God's blood out of this area. I want to be who I want to be. I want to do what I want to do. I want to act like I want to act. And if I apply the blood of Jesus to it, it's going to change all of that. So I keep the blood of Jesus away from this area in my life. And because of that, it has drawn up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know many people who are actively uh, uh, pursuing the blood of Jesus that are tight. Come on, come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. That which is not touched by the blood withers and eventually dies. I don't know. This is just my opinion, and I'm entitled to my opinion. But I think that in a lot of our churches, the reason that people are drying up and dying because we don't talk about the blood enough. It's not a popular message to bring a lot of people to your church. Sometimes it can sound spooky. It can sound crazy. But it's the blood of Jesus that sets you free. And the reason we don't use the blood of Jesus and we got people withering up and drying out and dying because they have not applied the blood. I dare you to shout the blood. If you pray with me, I'll be done in a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it could be withered because of a birth defect. It could be withered because of no blood, poor circulation. It also could be withered because of disuse. The church, this church, I can talk about this one because it's mine. This church is full of gifts and talents. But many of them have not been used. I call them abandoned gifts. Most of us have been relegated to the job of sitting and watching. I sit and I watch, I watch and I sit, I sit and I watch, I watch and I sit. I come the next day and my job is to sit and to watch, watch and sit. But I've noticed something, Dad, when people who sit and watch see too much. So they tore up because all they do is sit and watch. They sit and watch. I sat and watched and two weeks ago I sat and watched. Philip wore those same shoes two weeks ago. And so my whole mindset today is not on worshiping God. It's wondering why Philip wore them same shoes two weeks ago. Because all I do is sit and watch. I don't like them pumps that you got on. And I've been sitting here and watching and watching and sitting and sitting and watching. And why you wearing a heel that high? You on the worship team. That's too high to wear your heel. That's a hoochie shoe. You don't wear hoochie shoes on the praise. I can talk about her because she mine. You can watch. You don't wear hoochie shoes on the praise team. I notice all of that because I've been sitting 
and watching, uh, sitting and watching. Why you make so much noise? Why you holler so much? You standing up in my way, I can't see, cause you always up. Every time they sing a song, you got to get up. Why you got to always get up? You clapping your hands, hollering, stop all that hollering. I can't hear what the preacher's saying, cause you always hollering. Every time I come to church, I sit and I watch, and all I see is your mouth open. I wish you shut up. I wish you close your mouth. Because all you, when I sit and watch you, maybe you wouldn't be upset if you didn't do so much sitting and watching. You got so much to talk about. But baby, can I tell you, just like you sitting and watching somebody else, somebody else is sitting and watching. Maybe if you get up and do something, you won't have enough time to find fault in everybody else. Maybe if you get busy, you won't have time to sweep around your own front door and stop trying to sweep around mine. But the only reason you got a broom is you ain't got nothing else to do. I would tell you to get you some business, but I ain't going to say that. That which is not used is eventually lost. I say that again. That which is not used is eventually lost. It, it's on the screen. I tell you what y'all said. Ready, set, read. That which is not used is eventually lost. You don't lose use it, you lose it. Yeah, yeah. And so we we sit with our hands drawn. And we're unable to work. We're unable to serve. We're unable to fellowship. And we're unable to give. Because we are withered. So we find this man. That was my introduction. Now to the sermon. We find this man going to a place to meet Jesus. And the text says that he goes to church. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on a hunt to those who have developed this new age mentality that you don't have to go to church to find Jesus. I'm on a hunt against those people. And, and hear me well, hear me well. Yes, you could be introduced to Jesus anywhere. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that you got to come to church to be introduced to Jesus or have an experience with Jesus. I'm not saying that at all. But people have used that as an excuse not to go to church. So they sit at home and turn on YouTube or turn on BET. Well, BET don't play no church no more. Uh, uh, if you notice, if y'all, anybody watch Christian television? Have you noticed it's less and less church? And more talk shows and more see me ministries. On, and I'm not dogging nobody out. I'm not against anybody. But ain't nobody having church. And so we relegated ourselves to staying at home. But this is something I, that dawned on me. And it really didn't, make, didn't dawn on me until I was reading this text. If you look through the text of scripture, when Jesus goes to the synagogue, it'll say something after that. It'll say, which was his normal custom. Now, the last time I read that 
what Christians were supposed to be. We're supposed to be like Jesus. Be like Christ. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. How I long to be like him. So meek and lowly. So high and holy. How I long to be like him. Well, Jesus went to church. Which was his normal custom. So if we're to be like Jesus and Jesus goes to church, why do we stay at home? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus went to church. Jesus now is at church. I'm about done. Jesus is at church. And now he notices the man in church and calls him out. He says, hey, sir, you with the withered hand, you, come here, man. Yeah, you. Come here. Yeah, yeah. One side of this man works perfectly. The other side of this man is deformed. One side of this man wants to serve. But the other side talks him out of it. One side of this man wants to love and forgive and embrace, but the other side makes excuses why he shouldn't. I want to love you, but I can't. I want to forgive you, but I can't. I want to embrace you and reach out to you, but I, I, I can't. I can't. One side of this man wants to give. But the other side of him stingy. Yeah, yeah. I know you're saying amen, but but most of us are dichotomistic in nature. Yeah, we are two people. And one one wants to do right. The other one don't. Oh yeah, that scripture that backed that up. It says the good that I would do. That's not what I do. But the evil that I shouldn't do, that's what I find myself running to do. I'm dichotomistic. There's a dichotomy in me. There are two people, one that's trying to do right and the other that's trying to do wrong. And, and uh, if, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to give, but I, I, I'm trying to love, but I'm trying to work, I'm trying to serve, I, I'm trying to turn my iPad, but it's the fall, and I can't even read the scripture because the deformed part of me 
keeps making excuses as to why I can't live it, so why read it? I, I, I can't be successful, so why try? I, 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 I ain't seen a prayer answer, so why pray? I, I fast and don't do no good, so why fast? Uh, uh, praising God and shouting, that's just emotion, so I won't do it. It's the default part of me that has the issue, that has the problem. And it keeps me from being wholly Christian. I'm only half Christian. And I'm half atheist. Half Christian. I'm cool on Sunday. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then on Monday, I'm half atheist. You're black. I'll whip your monkey. I'm a half Christian on Tuesday because I got Bible study, so I get a little extra fill up. But I run out of all of that Holy Ghost by, by Wednesday. Now I'm finna bust in the head to the white meat. I got these ones for you. I got these crucials. I shoot to them one. Mess with me. Dude, come on, try, try. What's up? What's up? What's up? You want it? I got something for you. I got these bombs for you. I got these sleepers. I got these beaters for you. All you got to come on, break it on, bring it. Bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. So. I end up being a Christian atheist. Come on, Pastor. I believe in God, but I act like Come on, he doesn't exist. I believe that God is real, but I act like he doesn't exist. I believe that God can save, but I act like he can't. I believe that God can heal, but I act like he can't. And Jesus notices this dichotomous man. And says, sir, you with the dual personality. You who are double-minded and unstable in all your ways. You who, is, who are the Christian atheists. Get up and come here. I don't know who I'm talking to, but there's some people in this room that have heard God's clarion call to tell you to get up and come here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe you don't recognize the call. The call is like the one that your mama or your grandmama or me or mama or, or big mama used to do. She say, "Come here, come here, come here." After a while, if you didn't come here fast enough, she say, "Boy, come here." And you knew then, mama wasn't playing no more. You better get on up. You better get on up. Because the next thing you were going to hear is go outside. Go to that tree and get me a switch. Don't get me one. Get me two. And get me a green one. You better not come back in here with something that break. You better get me something that whip. When you throw it in the air, it popped the wind. Uh, uh, yeah. And we start crying on the way outside to the tree like we already got beat. Because mama told us to come here too many times. I don't know who I'm talking to, but Jesus has been calling you too many times. And if you don't hurry up and get up and come on, you about to get a whipping. I know you think I'm, I'm a prophet. I am a prophet. And you want me to prophesy blessing, but I got to tell you what the Lord said. Get up and come. So, he tells him to get up. See, 
when you cripple in one hand, you got to make allowances for the part of you that doesn't work right. And so you look funny because you're still trying to nurse the part of you that's withered. So, so, he, he, he comes. He, Jesus says, get up, come here. And it wasn't private. It was public in front of everybody. And the man has to get up, which means now, if he did expose his, did hide his weakness, now he has to expose it to everybody. His story now has to be told to everybody. Because now being, being able to get up means I got to parade my affliction. In order to get from where I'm sitting to where Jesus is. Now, now people who were infirmed in the synagogue never sat in front. People who are infirm had to sit near the door, near the back, because they were considered imperfect. And for this man to have to come to Jesus meant that, Je that he had to come through the crowd. And I look in the text of scripture, especially in the gospel, that Jesus made a whole lot of folk come through the crowd to get to him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and the crowd can be discouraging. The crowd can whisper in your ear. The crowd is the one that keep up the mess. The crowd is the one that's always got something to say. And I'm trying to tell you, if you really want your deliverance, keep the crowd out your ear. Keep the crowd out your life. Let the crowd stop whispering to you. Ignore the crowd and press through the crowd. Some mess you got to push through. I knew I wasn't going to get no amens right there. But I don't care. Some stuff you can't baby, you can't play with. You got to push through. Because you got something that you need from Jesus. And they are standing in the way. So, Jesus gives him two imperatives. First imperative, get up, come in. Step forward. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus wants to go public with your miracle. Jesus wants to publicize his passion for you. He wants to show your neighbor how much he loves you. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wants to call you out of the crowd of uselessness. Because uselessness can become comfortable. Especially when we have a lot of useless people around us. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, everybody, if you're in the same boat, you can sail together. But every now and then, it takes somebody who's willing to step out of the boat. And what I found out is, once that one person steps out of the boat, everybody else Want to follow him. Now, now, I know the text don't say it, so allow me to be creative in my mind. When Peter gets out of the boat, he says, Jesus, if that's you, bid me come. Jesus said, come on, Peter. Peter steps out of the boat. Now, all the other disciples were afraid. Peter steps out, and when they see Peter walking on water, now the other disciples in the boat talking about, 
Man, I'm finna try it now. I'm finna go on. Look at, look, look, look. He falling. He ain't falling. He walking. He coming to Jesus. All right, let me, I'll tell you what. i tell you what. Clay, if he get halfway out there to Jesus and don't fall, I'm, I'm gonna say, hey, hey, Jesus. I want to come too. Let me, come on, let me get out there. Yeah, we gonna watch though. We ain't finna play now. Cause I want to see, cause see, you know, you know, that that might be a trick right there. I don't know if somebody got some boards up under the water holding them up or nothing. He might be stepping on a dolphin or something and they carry. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see. See, and Peter gets out to the middle and starts sinking and they wither up again. Oh, I see, I told you. I told you. I wasn't going out there. Fool, he went out there in that water. Talking about Jesus bid me to come. Jesus bid me to come. Jesus got him out there on that water night looking like a fool. Because he down there drowning. You about to drown, ain't you, fool? They're down there in that water. Look at you. And then Jesus gets to him, picks him up, and the water congeals up under him again. And he stands on solid ground where it's not solid ground and begins to walk back to the boat. But now it's too late for them to unwither because the moment has passed. Don't let the moment of your miracle pass you. Listening to everybody else in the boat. Don't lose your miracle in a bunch of mess. Come out of there and get your miracle from God uselessness. Jesus says, come forth. Now, let the next uh, imperative that he gives him, I'm going to give it to you and I'm done. The next thing he says is stretch out your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to need both of your hands for the journey that you are about to embark on. Now, this is the interesting thing about it. Jesus challenges him to move something that he feels that is impossible to move. If he was withered from birth, then he has never moved his hand. Come on now. So physically and mentally, he doesn't know what it feels like to have activity in that limb. And so Jesus says, the very thing that has hindered you I'm calling for. That's impossible. Jesus, I'm at church because I can't use my hand. And you bring me out in front of all these folk, front and center, and you tell me to stretch the thing that's with it. You ain't laid no hands on me. You ain't pulled no all. You didn't even speak in tongues. You didn't read no scripture. You didn't sing a hymn before you prayed. You didn't do nothing. Except calling me up, talking about stretch out your hand. Jesus wants you to stretch beyond your limitation. Jesus understood that the man could use his hand before he ever called him. But the man had to understand that he had the power within him to stretch it out. And sometimes God will put you on front street and make you understand that you really got the power already to do what you need to do. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Any 
anybody ever thought that you wasn't going to make it and then the next day came? I, I saw that go right over your hairspray. I saw you didn't even get it. Anybody ever thought that this is it? Then tomorrow came and you woke up and realized, well, I guess that wasn't it. You thought it was all over. It's not it. We doomed. It's not going to work. And then the next thing you know, it did work. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just about three or four people in the room that can agree with me. Just when you think it's all over. Oh, the scripture says weeping may endure for a night, but sometimes time another joy will come in the morning if I could just make it to the next morning if I could just make it to the next hour if I could just make it make it to the next minute then another minute coming another hour coming another second is coming I can do it and he says stretch out your hand and he stretched it out and I imagine the man felt like, wow, I've never knew my hand was this long before. He started realizing what he could do with his hand. Because anytime you start to really trust and believe God, God will start opening it up possibilities for you. Yeah, as long as you didn't have but five dollars that you thought you couldn't do anything with that five dollars. But when God showed you how much you could do with that little five dollars, that you could take that five dollars, go buy a pack of ground turkey or a pack of ground beef, go get your one box of noodles or one box of macaroni or one box of spaghetti and, and get you go find the dollar can of spaghetti sauce. You already know that you got some season in the house. And because you don't have but a little bit, you go and season that meat real good and put it over in that spaghetti. And you thought you wasn't gonna have enough to eat. One day, Jabbo, who lives next door, came over to your house and said, can I have something to eat? He sat down and Lucy came over from the other side, eating something to eat. They sat down before you knew it. They had a whole house of people all sitting down eating that little bit of food that you thought wasn't going to be enough. God will open up possibility. All I came to tell you is to stretch your faith, stretch the power of your belief in God. I wasn't supposed to hoop right here, but since you put me in my key, I guess I'll go home. Hey, hey, I came to tell you, yes, Jesus didn't heal the man when he stood up. No, no, Jesus didn't heal the man when he walked out. The man's healing came in the process of the stretch. That's all. 
tell you you're in the process of the stretch that's why your money's been a little tight lately because you're in the process of the stretch that's why relationships been crumbling all around you because you're in the process of the stretch everybody put your pants down put your pencils down put your phones and notebooks down look up at me because the word i got is for all of y'all of the stretch God it's challenging you stretch out on him yeah look at your neighbor and say neighbor it's time for you to stretch look at somebody somebody you haven't seen talk to and say neighbor Stretch out, Bobby. One more time. Look at another neighbor. Put your preaching boss on. You say, neighbor, it's time for you to stretch, stretch beyond the hurt, stretch beyond the pain, stretch beyond the disappointment. Beyond the argument, stretch beyond the attitude, stretch beyond the tears, stretch beyond the pain, stretch beyond the circumstances, stretch beyond the instant, stretch out of it. Spiritually, the reason you're tight spiritually, cause you haven't stretched enough. Yeah. I dare you, if your arms too tight, stretch them up toward God. If your heart is too heavy, stretch your mouth toward God.
the most because although he was with it, he was in the right place at the right time. He was where Jesus is. I can go back to preaching now. That's all I came to tell you. You're in the right place at the right time. And all you got to do is try. Pull you out of the darkness.